Hi there, folks. This is Brock, producer of the Sprocket Podcast, an occasional host. I'm almost a guest host now, I suppose, but uh, I am happy and continue to be happy to be involved and to bring you folks amazing content from our regular co-hosting team every week. That being said, this week we do not have regular content from our co-hosting team. Uh, Our production schedule uh, puts us about a week behind any sort of holiday weekend, and it's been about a week since Labor Day. So we bring you uh, this week a best of. This is an episode we recorded several years ago with Eva from Clever Cycles. And uh, this is just, uh, it's a great, fun interview. Eva's a great person. We are big fans uh, of both Eva and of Clever Cycles. And uh, so also they're, they're just you know, right around the corner from the beer mongers at Southeast Division and 12th. So uh, we hope you enjoy this, uh, and should you happen to be nearby Clever Cycles, every bike shop in the world could use a little bit of a little bit of help, a little hand up at this time. Uh, so make sure you give them your business as you are able. And if you are visiting Portland from out of town, Clever Cycles is definitely on my short list of places to visit, along with the beer mongers at Southeast Division and Twelfth. So we hope you enjoy this best of interview, and we will talk to you very soon. Have a great week. Stay safe. And uh, I guess just in a, just as a word of, of news, I think some of the wildfire situation appears to be looking better than it was just a couple days ago. Air is clearing. Uh, I hear the, the air is actually going to other parts of the country, so you may experience that for sure. Um, and just, you know, just a little plug for me, I guess, while I'm talking about the wildfires and everything please do your part both uh just as an individual to look for the needs and to donate where you are able uh one of the charities that i've heard of uh, american red cross has done some pretty incredible relief uh opportunity pretty incredible relief work for the people who need it most who are affected by the wildfires uh, and i know you can donate specifically to wildfire relief through them there are a number of other amazing community-based organizations that uh, certainly can also provide relief and are providing relief. And so we recommend that uh, you support them as well and check in with your elected officials to make sure that uh, not only uh, everyone is safe, that needs to be safe in an urban context when dealing with law enforcement, but also that people uh, in every context are safe from uh, the effects of climate change. Uh, Things are certainly, you can tell, uh, just with the way that these things have happened, the way that fires have spread, that uh, we're not dealing with business as usual. We're dealing with uh, some pretty intense and some pretty significant uh, natural dynamics. And so we really need to put our best foot forward in dealing with those and uh, hopefully leaving the world uh, a better place for those who come after. Uh, So anyways, all that to say again, thank you for listening. Here's a best of with Eva from Clever Cycles, and uh, we'll see you guys next week with another live show. Take care. Clever Cycles is at 9th and Hawthorne, nearby to the IPRC, where it smells beautifully of inks and other toxic chemicals. Smells like childhood. (laughs) (laughs) No, really, it smells delicious in there. I don't know if anybody else did any art like in college or high school, but it smells really good in there. Oh, the IPRC? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it does. totally. No, it's great. Just like etching inks and I don't know what. Yeah. yeah. Like screen print. Yeah. Yep. It smells like lead. 
And indeed, there's a lot yeah. of lead. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, mostly in uh, metal form. It's rather ballast than paint. for yeah. the building. Yeah. What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we simplify the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Steph Ralph, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains and transit, and simpler living. And today, cycling cleverly with Eva Frazier, co-owner of Clever Cycles. Welcome, welcome. Hi. Hi. How are Hi, you doing? that's me. <laughs> so, Eva, tell us a little bit about what you're doing these days. Well, currently I'm having a really delicious cider in uh, an old building covered in moving blankets. And it's kind of amazing in here. Like, I don't, I don't know what radio looks like until now. <laughs> yeah. um, but in, for my day job, I, uh, I work with bicycles, which is pretty much like every Portlander's dream job, I think, besides just being creative and drinking and sitting under the sun. Um, but honestly, like Clever Cycles, we're into all things bicycle. We really love kickstands and dynamo lighting and um, kids on bikes, really anyone on bikes. But uh, we're, we're trying to get get the future population on bicycles just one little butt at a time <laughs> there you go right. i don't know if y'all have been in lately what are you what what are your impressions of what what are what is clever cycles well i mean two weeks ago so i had had my helmet stolen about about a month ago no no who does that ago. you know i i'm hoping that's a good question i'm hoping that it was someone who lives in vancouver and was afraid that they were going to get a, a ticket sure. and had just had their helmet stolen because like that so that's i'm just hoping that they enjoy right the helmet that they got but also it was a it was a good excuse to to level up my helmet so i went in and i'd gone to like three different bike shops because i had seen this is about a two minute story sorry. no this is uh, fantastic okay great <laughs> i'll <laughs> sip my cider yeah <laughs> And, uh, and so I went because I had seen on um, Megan Sinnott's uh, Facebook profile this picture of a nutcase helmet because she's the product designer for a nutcase. Um, that she, they had this helmet of the Portland flag. And I was like, well, if I am going to get a new helmet, I am going to get the Port- the Portland flag is going to be on my head. So, so wait, I don't even, I don't, Portland did you, has a did flag. you get the Portland flag? So hold on. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm jumping ahead so of I our went, story I, here. No, this is great because the suspense is building that, uh, so I went to, you know, a couple of different shops and I was like, Hey, do you have the, the Portland flag nutcase helmet? And they're like, no. And I go into nutcase and there's Anna and Nina and, uh, and I'm like, hey, so do you guys have the, the Portland flag nutcase helmet? And they're like, what are you even talking about right now? And I was like, oh, well, I saw it on someone's. I could have sworn. And they were like already Googling it. They were trying to like, we haven't seen it. But man, if it's in Metro Ride, that will actually fit my head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it just kept going around. And it turns out. So, And I was like, well, I thought, oh, I saw it on Megan's. She's a product designer. No. What if it's just a prototype? No. And so, uh, so I was texting her and messaging her. And they were going up on the on the website and so it turns out it's the 2016 yep. line oh. yeah so we we You're got very way excited. too hip 
No, we we just it was it was just that moment that I'm just like oh, and I'm like, well, I'm glad I didn't hold out because my noggin needs to be protected, or I, I would like to have my noggin protected. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so that was so that was the last time. It was about three weeks ago. What was your second choice? Oh, my second choice was uh, it's it's over in the corner. It's oh, got, it's that. like the cute little like seventies oh, nice. bowling. Yeah, I like yeah. that one. Yeah. So now now I'm embarrassed. I can't remember what that what that pattern's called but i should know what that pattern's called i just i just call kevin, it 70s kevin my couture. rep's gonna be like mm, <laughs> mm, mm. <laughs> we could we could put the answer in the show notes oh like. yeah just just kind of <laughs> slip it in so if you are interested in tracking down there is one copy of that helmet that lives here in portland um so for the world naked bike ride uh when megan was leading it with evan uh oh, evan had there? the portland helmet so oh, so you guys both know about it we do. I only know of it because he's the owner of the shop I work at. Can you at. show me a picture? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. I don't yeah. have the Google. That's oh, okay. Uh, I will do the Google. And in fact, well, I, a couple days later, we tagged Nutcase Helmet and Clever Cycles in the rad. in the picture. Nice. Because, <laughs> you know, it, on, everyone on was On all of excited. the social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was on. So we're hoping next year, I want Roman Mars from Radiotopia or um, 99% Invisible in Radiotopia to come and join Nutcase Helmet and Clever Cycles on a Vexillology ride um, during Petalpalooza. Nice. That's my dream. Good goals. Maybe we Thank can you. we can find the helmet and post it for our listeners today. Ooh, yeah. We'll put it on the on the Sprocket <laughs> podcast notes. Oh, man, deep into Twitter. Deep into Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. When was the last time you were in, Guthrie? Oh, yes. I ha- Okay, I have seen this. So the last time I was in was about, I think, last week. Yeah, just about last week. I've been in a lot these days. Um, <laughs> You're a familiar face. Or, or a familiar voice. I'm not sure. One of the two. Maybe I should put my face on, on the uh, show notes. Who knows? Actually, that's probably a terrible idea. Yeah, I should speak only in voices. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I was in last week, the week before. As the listeners may or may not have figured out by now, Aaron and Brock aren't even here, uh, so we're hosting a guest <laughs> podcast for them this week. We just stole the keys to the building. Oh, yes. They're yeah. in an undisclosed location. Aaron left his revealed. email logged in. We've got all the access we need. Life is good. <laughs> I actually lent him, or he, he, sor- he sort of paid for a bicycle to go, uh, he borrowed a Brompton to go to Montana. Oh, nice. To somebody's quinceanera, maybe. Okay. Something nice. like that. Mm-hmm. So, Party. Big party. Nice. It's like I sort he- of paid for it. It's like that can also be called theft. Does, so does that <laughs> well, mean no, no, like no, no, he no. left his I credit gave, card in the shop? Deal. Oh, okay. Nice. He's a friend, a friend of the shop. So nice. Yeah. <laughs> so you're now a co-owner Indeed. of Clever Cycles, but that's not how you started at Clever. Indeed, so I you started as a lowly, a lowly mechanic. No such not thing. not lowly at all, really. Um, I you mean the person who saves your bacon when I am when that girl. Yeah, yeah. I am that girl. I still do that even. Um, but I started at Clever. I was working at REI and I received a phone call from Jeremy who works at the shop. Maybe you know him. Um, he said, hey, do you want to get out of there? <laughs> and I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, Were you in the bike department at I REI? Was, yeah, I was working in the shop oh, nice. at REI, which is a great place for a while Mm -hmm. and then you you want to move on and do different things right so he said okay bring in your resume like right now and so I was like so I brought in my resume Um, and I guess being a female mechanic is uh, an anomaly which yes this is true but I also feel that's a bit odd why aren't there more women working on bikes hey guys in the internet sphere maybe Mm-hmm. Maybe y'all should get into that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I started as a mechanic and I've been there five years probably now and 
just happenstance brought me into ownership. Um, I do the buying, so I order your nutcase helmet. Thank you. Which is why I should know what that pattern is called. Eh. And uh, I do a little mechanicing, a little whatever, answering mm-hmm. the phone, paying the bills, whatever, uh, whatever needs doing. Why aren't there more women as mechanics? This, do you is, think? this is a good question. Uh, stereotypes are really hard to break down. I think we see that in so many things. So it's going to take time, but it's also going to take women who want to be my bike mechanics mm-hmm. to kind of break into it. So honestly, I don't have a simple answer. Mm-hmm. It's what, not a simple what question. Do you or we would have. Oh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> question no whisker we're here to ask you no. i will turn that around on you did you find that that getting hired on to rei was mm-hmm. a difficult process in that regard because of that stereotype or because i know that they usually train through barnett so when you got right. hired on so i will say i snuck in the back door nice. into the shop at rei i was sailed on uh hired on as sales staff right and then I just had to show a lot of interest and a lot of drive and kind of be annoying to get into the shop because I really wanted to, like, get my hands dirty and take things apart and put them back together. And uh, I guess I had I had sort of a mentor that said, okay, you're cool. We'll, we'll let you in. Um, so I started by bike building there, which was, like, you know, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. just building bikes all day. Yep. Which is great. Like, it's a good way to get to know, develop your inner wrist torque wrench and, uh, and <laughs> other such things that you need to be a mechanic. Um, get your fingernails dirty. But so I guess it takes it takes you being determined and then it takes other people kind of accepting you and pulling you into the fold. Yep. So for I, anyone, oh, for anyone that's interested talking about the subject of getting women into bike mechanics, um, if you are employed at a shop in any capacity, there's a really great scholarship which is put out by QBP each year um, that will give you a free ride if you uh, get through the application process for um, the bike uh, school which we have here in Portland. And I'm totally UBI. I was like, I know this name. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> I said an it acronym. before. Yeah, UBI, uh, United Bicycle Institute, I believe. So sounds um, good. If you are a female listener and you're listening, check that out. It usually happens in the winter each year, so good one to take a look at. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a good way to encourage more women to get into it if, if finances are an issue. Um, I also think that shops, like, honestly, we don't get very many applicants that are female. Hmm. And that's, it makes it really hard to hire women when hmm. women aren't applying. Huh. So I don't, I don't know where the disconnect is. Hmm. Either people... I've heard that women don't have as much confidence when they don't have as much knowledge. And so maybe men who are applying are like, oh, yeah, I'm really good at that. When, in fact, they are they are not. And maybe there are plenty (laughs) of women that are more qualified that aren't applying because they don't think they're as qualified. Mm. Um, But I'm sure there's a lot of gender politics that I'm speaking to that I know nothing about. Hey, (laughs) that's okay. I mean, (laughs) we're all a voice. (laughs) Right. Oh, yeah, it's a huge, sure. I mean, doctoral thesis. Sure. Oh, so, exactly. And so, I did not write that doctoral uh, thesis. <laughs> so are there are there bikes that roll in when they roll in? You're just like, oh, not that one. Like, are there any oh, bikes yeah. that you're like, I just I, I would love not to be working on that particular kind of bike. 
Yes, and it, you know there there are plenty of things where you just like really don't want to work on that. But we're we're kind of the shop that works on those bikes, mm-hmm. though. That's the thing is we don't really turn people away. We get plenty of the like. I just went to bike gallery and they told me to come here. I'm okay. Like okay, well I'm not going to turn you away. Also, and also thanks to bike gallery, like sweet. Yeah, thanks free for business. sending us some yeah. business, dudes. <laughs> <laughs> they they like don't want to deal with kids seats and I don't know internal hub gears are kind of our shtick. Uh, yeah. And, um, roller brakes, like who knows what roller brakes are? Uh, drum brakes. Yep. Absolutely. And and things that are really heavy. That's that's our thing, You're but like, yeah, I definitely, I stand. still like. There are certain bikes that I've worked on before where I see them come back, and I'm like, oh no, what happened this yep. time? <laughs> I feel like there's always, yeah, there's that, there's that quintessential bike where you're like i know this was mm-hmm. fixed when i went out but hey look it's yeah, broken again yeah or you know it's <laughs> just the, it's just at a certain age where every bolt is starting to get to the point where it's uh, been tightened and, un- and and loosened so many times that the next time you tighten it it's gonna strip yep. and you're like yeah so do you feel okay. for our shop like we're also in the realm of like let's try to make it work um and like we go towards the spectrum of like we're gonna educate and say like this will probably work you can spend twenty dollars on it but if it breaks again just to let you know we told you uh right (laughs) is do you think that clever cycles is uh towards the spectrum of like make it work or do you find it's easier to recommend like here's the fix this is brand new and it's going to work for a while Well, usually so we don't sell used parts Uh, okay so i'm not going to recommend a used part you know sometimes something will come in and i'll be like well i can make it work for now and you'll be back here in six months to a year, mm-hmm. or maybe you're not. You're never coming back because you're going to go buy another bike. Uh, um, yep. But we we try not to to put the customer out too much. But sometimes it's worth saying, "Hey, if you spend a hundred bucks, your bike's going to be yep. way better now." And a lot of people are riding every day to commute to and from work, and they don't want to have a mechanical on the way to work next week. Like it's it's worth it to them yeah. to to spend the extra 50 bucks to fix it yeah absolutely so or you get that wheel in that you true the first two times and by the third time you're like look it's probably just time to get a I'm new wheel i'm gonna build you a new yep. one and it's gonna be <laughs> awesome and it's gonna be 300 dollars. and they're kind of like yeah okay <laughs> but i'll see you again in 14 years <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah. when you've r- worn through your rim yep absolutely right. you know so we were talking earlier about you know the bike gallery sending uh, sending folks to you a clever and you feel like in Portland we have a bit of an, an embarrassment of riches in terms of, of bike <laughs> shops like you're, you're a retailer for cargo bikes but you're not the mm-hmm. only cargo bike retailer and you retail e-bikes but you're not the only e-bike retailer oh, yeah. so you know within this whole this burgeoning developing ecosystem of bike shops in Portland what are the collaborative elements that you see and what are the competitive elements that you see? I think we're we're always kind of refinding our footing in that field of of competition and and camaraderie. Uh, I think you don't need to name names. Oh no, I'm not going <laughs> to name names. I, I I don't care. Like I think everyone could be riding a bicycle, and so we don't need to be competition with each other, right? If every bike shop doubled their sales and we put a bunch of car dealerships out of business that would be rad nice um i mean not for the people who are working at the car dealerships like i understand that the, that there's an economy around this but you know i think i think there are plenty of people still still driving and not riding so that was uh something i was also wondering about was because of the types of bikes that clever specializes in 
what do you think it would take to actually make that happen? Because I know you have a lot of bikes for families. People are looking to have that more active lifestyle. Sure. Um, and that's a bit of like a buzz word, but more so like how do we get more people on bikes, make people feel comfortable about Portland? Because I think, um, you know, you see a lot of bikes that are the Bachfeets around town. And mm-hmm. if I just butchered that, I apologize. I've never actually heard somebody say it. Bachfeets. There we go. Thank you. Um, it means box bike in there Dutch. There we go. Uh, so with those types of bicycles, um, do you think that for the infrastructure that we have now, we're getting close to saturation or do you think that there's still some room to go for that uh, with think, the current I think, infrastructure? I think there's a lot of stigma around bicycling as a lifestyle. And I think maybe we need to get rid of that word lifestyle and say, this is transportation. Mm. You know, you don't, you don't need to be a bike person mm-hmm. to ride a bicycle. Yep. And that's what our mantra is, I think, more than anything. And so for some people, weather is a big yeah. leap to get over the however many months of rain we have, depending on the year. And uh, some people, it's like, oh, I have this crazy hill. Oh, I've got six kids. Oh, I've got to carry this, that, and the other thing all the way to Beaverton and back. Like, there are plenty of things where cars are very useful and more practical for people. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we're going to get everybody on a bicycle. True. Yeah, I guess just more to increase what the mode share already is. Yeah, but I think the infrastructure is great, and we're getting to this point where it's safer to ride a bike, I think. Um, I mean, I honestly take a lot of back streets because I think that's safer than sometimes like riding up Williams at rush hour is is terrifying um hashtag North Williams death trap (laughs) don't go to Twitter and look at that (laughs) okay or I I will when I get home (laughs) um yeah I I think there's a lot of room for more people to get on bikes if they're not like oh I I don't I don't have to wear weird shoes Mm -hmm. or spandex yeah that perception um or even a helmet like maybe the fact that everyone yells at you if you're not wearing a helmet is bad. Hmm. Like why is bicycling so unsafe mm-hmm. and driving is safe? But I Do see so many people dying in cars mm-hmm. and I, you know, yes, people are dying on bicycles too, but not in the same numbers. You, and we, we've stopped reporting about cars. Do you think that's sort of a U.S. versus like European uh, divide though, like the helmet issue? Because I, I think that in societies... Um, and I'm thinking of the Netherlands in oh, particular sure. yeah. because of the culture that has evolved around that. Like, yeah, for sure. Why would you wear a helmet? Like that's right. silly. Um, <laughs> but, but maybe in Portland or maybe in some other cities for listeners here in the U S that might seem like a bit more of a dicey proposition or at least at face value there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's a cultural thing for sure that people grew up having, needing to wear, having a law saying you need to wear a helmet. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes this stigma where if you're not wearing a helmet, you're maybe a bad person. Mm. And because I, I see that with p- parents telling their children, like, oh, no, that girl isn't wearing her helmet. Mm-hmm. Hand on hip. That's right. Harumph. I'm, I'm trying to do all of the verbal things that I'm doing. With I know. My body. Thank you. Thank you for uh, describing like it. that. It was like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, no one's going to see my hand on my hip. But now they know. And my grumpy face. <laughs> well, but also, I, you, what is what is the number one injury in in a car crash? I mean, it's head trauma, right? Maybe so, maybe those drivers should be wearing helmets. There actually there was a driver's helmet created in um i've got to get me one of those yeah it wasn't sweet like the the only time i've ever actually been pulled over i accident i happened to have my helmet on at a time at the time and i was driving my dad's (laughs) car and he was like 
I was like, oh, I don't actually drive that often. Like, could you tell me which is the license and registration? He was like, yeah, I kind of could tell you're wearing your helmet. Uh, <laughs> but um, I was like, well, safety first. Yeah. But uh, but honestly, I was mean, this I, like a motor like a motorcycle kind of helmet? It was like it was my bicycle helmet. It was just I, I, I just hadn't taken it off. I think that's I very responsible. Like helmets are comfortable. In college, I used to go to class and they're forty five minute periods. So, like, why not wear your helmet the whole class? <laughs> right. I'm just gonna be outside to bike to the next one. Yeah. So. Think think of how much time you're saving. Exactly. You know? But and if the building falls. But also, I mean, we wear helmets for things that are identified as dangerous that we have opted into a certain danger factor and if we this sorry my small soapbox no i like this (laughs) that if we if we have legislated or if we have you know so socially policed people not to say so my mom is a trauma nurse mom i always wear my helmet okay so uh my my mother-in-law also yeah you're like well how are you and i was like well you know what it's okay we I'll just I'll just say that I'm wearing my helmet, and I will mm-hmm. actually wear my helmet just so I don't, you know, if I get into a crash, I won't have that as part of the the public service announcement of that crash that she wasn't wearing a helmet. Like that's honestly that's a good part of the reason why I wear my helmet. It's just so mm-hmm. I won't get that little. You don't want to be the PSA. I don't want to get be that person. But um, uh, but at the same time, like we do things when we anything else that has a helmet associated it's an opt-in risk it's considered close to an extreme sport right and so and so people are not surprised if an activity that requires a helmet and or a waiver usually those go together it doesn't in cycling it does in most things Mm -hmm. that require a helmet then you shouldn't like i think the general intimation societal intimation is that you should not be surprised um and you should not at search around beyond yourself for blame for any injury that's caused to you and i think that 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 there's a subtlety around helmet policing mm-hmm. in um in american society that treats cycling as a dangerous enough activity regardless of what the the actual statistics show in mm-hmm. terms of overall traffic crashes including pedestrian traffic mm-hmm. crashes so i was the uh, ex- former executive director of oregon walks like the amount of pedestrian crashes mm-hmm. um are significant i am not saying you don't <laughs> want to walk around wearing a yeah helmet. yeah it's like you know putting on your reflective vest it's like okay honey i'm gonna mm-hmm. go outside and i'm gonna get the mail hope to see you in 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> but anyway so that's that's my hypothesis in my soapbox about helmet. It. Sure, we can go. I on. mean, I mean, my impression is: what if bicycling was perceived as safer? Hence, people not wearing helmets. Would more people ride bicycles if it was perceived as safer, like mm. walking? I would, I would even think they would, because I, I, yeah. that's just removing, I think, like barriers to entry. But basically. then there are so many people who are yelling and screaming at their computers right now, like. <sighs> why are you telling people not to wear helmets? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's fine. Like, wear a helmet if you want to wear a helmet. I think that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, they've been proven to help whatever they've been proven to help, right? Sure. But but at the same time, there is, there's a certain preemptive blame on you should be wearing your helmet versus we have a greater duty of care to anyone who is on the road. Why don't we drive safer and not run into people that are mm-hmm. riding bicycles? That's right. And we had talked a little bit about Vision Zero, uh, at least in terms of Portland on the last episode uh, as well. So I think that, yeah, it's definitely an uh, issue which is on the forefront, I think, of Portlanders' minds right now, mm-hmm. uh, just especially with the recent sort of spree of deaths and injuries and carnage. Uh, if 
that's an okay word to use uh, that we've experienced <laughs> over a relatively short period of time for 2015. So I would I would be interested to see the same the number of car deaths over the same period of time. Yeah, if that. I should actually look that up because that would be a great. A wouldn't great that, wouldn't that be interesting? And when's the last time you heard about? I yeah. don't watch the evening news, so I'm sure mm-hmm. that happens every night. Right. And actually, car that. crashes actually right. over over the past what ten years have actually decreased mm-hmm. um, per capita, mm-hmm. and and I know and deaths. It's pedestrian deaths, yeah, it's, it's walking deaths right. that have right. actually been on the rise. And I think that's just the part of the acceptance of that modality is that those deaths are uh, normalized instead of that's just right. like sure. focused on, I guess, mm-hmm. or, or something like that. That inherent. Um, risk so i think with driving too like even though you don't wear a helmet that might be the one thing i can think of where if you do get in a wreck and you do get um injured that it's assumed like oh yeah well you were driving so obviously you you can get hurt with that like so we're looking at extreme sports it in that category um perhaps driving is our most popular extreme sport that's right right. (laughs) not to go out there i i I don't know i I do drive Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but it's it's like it's a tool the modality exactly so i always like to think of it like well when i'm driving i'm a driver when i bike i'm a bicyclist and you know most days i'm you know six of the bike and one of the uh car you know week by week but it's always trying to like bring it back to the people and bring it back to like oh i'm still guthrie no matter what i happen to be on uh and that's really hard to communicate to somebody who's trying to kill you as they're uh taking a left turn on Williams or something like that. So so how do you, because you see a lot of families, you know, and obviously safety is, is a big concern. How, how do you have, what kinds of safety conversations do you have with families and what concerns do you hear at Clever? I definitely get the, uh, which is the safest helmet question on a fairly regular basis. And I'm like, well, whichever one they're going to wear, and fits <laughs> honestly same like whichever one they like mm-hmm. same with adults because if you don't like it it doesn't fit well it's uncomfortable like you're not going to wear it so that's the least safe right mm. yeah absolutely um but honestly they all undergo the same tests right which are a bit odd like you they basically drop the helmet on the top of it and and test its abilities and withstanding that kind of impact which I don't know if any of you have either have have crashed your bicycle, but I have never crashed my bicycle landing directly on the top of my head. No, but that would be anyway. amazing. <laughs> Gold star. I know, right? Right? That would be. It's like I went really beautiful, like Superman doing a dive, a swan dive into a pool. Um, actually, the last time I crashed my bike, my helmet saved my glasses. Nice. Glasses are very expensive. It did not save my face, but I was fine. A couple what weeks, skin heals. Was it a was it a Portland crash or was it outside of the city here? Oh, it was in Portland. I was riding home from work. I remember it was like New Year's Day or some some near holiday. It was really cold, and all I could think of was that I really wanted a hot toddy when I got home, and. I was riding kind of through near um, near Lloyd Center Mall, mm-hmm. and just suddenly, I was on the pavement, and I I like I don't know really what happened except that when I came to a homeless man said, "I can't help you, honey," and kept walking, and I was like, "I'm gonna die here. Huh. This is terrible. I'm oh, gonna no. die here." But I, you know, I was fine. 
some people ran and were like, oh no, did a car hit you? And I'm like, no, no, I don't know what happened. Like my mm. front wheel froze up, I'm pretty sure, and threw mm. me off my bike. So I think that something got sucked in between my front wheel and my fender. Mm. And my fork was like all kinds of mangled. And um, wow. they called my girlfriend and she came and picked me up and brought me to the hospital because they were like, oh, we're going to call you an ambulance. And I'm like, I can't afford an ambulance, please. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, typical, terrible Portland. This is what happens when you're on a bicycle and you get into an accident. You're not on a car. Yeah. Where like a car, you have insurance, and you're like, yeah, sure, take me to the hospital, do whatever the hell yeah. you need to do. Mm-hmm. You're on a bicycle. You're not insured. Even though it's I had I had health insurance, mm-hmm. but I was like, even with that, it's it's not going to be great. And that's so. a I'd seen an article uh, semi recently that had talked about the best way to get insurance on a bicycle is to actually purchase a junker, insure that, and then it covers you for personal if you're riding uh, your bicycle or there's some sort of uh-huh. weird way you can do that. So I guess the aside from bicycle-specific insurance, the best way is to buy a $500 car, let it sit somewhere, and then purchase Wait, insurance on that. But so you're saying like my car insurance could cover me it, in the incident of me hurting myself on my bicycle but no cars involved i would need to double check it again uh but that seemed like the gist of what i had been reading uh, okay. and so it was sort of i believe it might have been on bike portland about eight or nine months ago okay. um, so you purchased some be, special personal injury protection or something something like that it's something okay. about like that uh homogeneity of the vehicle makes it easier to ensure something subsidiary to it or, or something like that <laughs> even if i'm nowhere near it exactly you just have to say I was in my car, but then I happened to I get swear. I happened to land on my bicycle as I fell <laughs> out of the window of my car. I'm trying to unclip you, my bicycle helmet when I'm going to the hospital. Exactly. Can you please take me to the hospital? Do you see these seatbelt bruises? <laughs> Actually, I saw um, a really sort of neat thing the other evening. Uh, living just up on Going Streets, one of our bicycle highways, if you will, in Portland, and somebody had had a wreck actually just on our corner. And the um, person in question was actually uh, quite inebriated, but the police bureau actually brought the bicycle back to his house. Um, So I was like, huh, that's a that's a first one. I didn't have my phone or I would have um, said thank you to PPB on that one. But I just well, you're uh, saying it now. You have time. Thank you, PPB. Um, So, yeah, that was that was sort of new for me. I was like, wow, that's kind of nice. The officer, you know, despite this person having the choice of an ambulance ride or uh, ride to jail. Uh, for having a can of Montucky on him. Uh, but that, that can't get you drunk. Oh, well, it was the other six that he had already had, <laughs> or oh. the other five, I guess, in that case. Um, but yes, don't drink and bike or do, but don't Can we, can we talk about Montucky? Um, What's the deal with Montucky? I don't know. What is it Montucky? Oh, it's this really beautiful can. It's blue with uh-huh. a, m- maybe a some sort of steed. Uh, um stallion it's it's like montana it's It's montana it's it's like the cheap beer of montana yeah or it's like the new ppr is the new rolling rock is the new uh whatever the next in the succession exactly it's it's at the co-op on alberta so it must be (laughs) it beautiful you you can get it at most bars now it comes in a tall can it's not very good Whatever you're drinking is much better than Montucky. <laughs> speaking really, of which, I don't even know what you're drinking, but it's better than Montucky. So speaking yeah. of uh, what we're drinking, uh, we should we mention... Can we say thank you to someone? We can say thank you to someone. Uh, Beer Mongers, which is our beverage sponsor for today, or our beverage... Don't, don't, I'm not sure. Aaron said to go light on this one, but thank you. <laughs> They're doing a wonderful job here. Um, I'm drinking a wonderful Three Creeks Brewing Company uh, from... 
Sisters, Oregon. I've got their Raptor Rye IPA, uh, which is quite a fantastic IPA, if I might say so myself. Um, what have you got over there, Steph? I've got um, I've got the Speaker Pilsner from Ecliptic. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know those guys? They're up on um, yeah, North, yeah. North Mississippi. Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Pretty and rad. And I am having the Bull Run Cider. It's a Gravenstein single varietal medium dry cider. Um, I don't know where these guys are, but it's delicious. Um, I'm going to tell you momentarily. Forest Grove. Oh, really? Oh, the Grove. My really? favorite. Wow. I, do you know, does, I, does, it have there. A, does it have an established date on it or anything like that? It does not, but you have the internet. I do. I'm just curious because I went to college there and I had never heard oh. a, a whim of it. So. Well, maybe they're new. We'll see. We'll find out on the internet here. They know how to make cider. Speaking of uh, North Mississippi, I had noticed that you are the trivia champion of North Portland history (laughs) facts. Oh, my. Should I even go there? You read my my bio. I did. Todd wrote that, or Dean wrote that. I can't remember. (laughs) I wrote wrote the rest of the bios, but I said I can't write my own. (laughs) Is there Um, any interesting tidbits you'd like to share with our audience? Oh, that's a good question. So it's usually Tuesday nights. I go to the Barlow Tavern, which is a really classy establishment. It used to be an old man bar, and now it's owned by some people that own another bar. I don't know. That's really informative. I think Vendetta, maybe. Okay. I'm just making things up now. We'll believe you. Thank you. Thank you. We will not I am look not at the making things up. Nope. Uh, facts. <laughs> I don't have any right now. Okay. I know it's Man, like to is, put you on the spot. You should but. have asked me this in advance and I would have oh, brought okay. some really great <laughs> trivial pursuit gotcha. bullshit. Okay, wait. <laughs> Canada. How do you feel about Canada? I like Canada. Okay. Lovely. What is the uh, the largest, largest by landmass province in Canada or land area? The Yukon Territory? Nova Scotia? <laughs> If I'm no, ni- neither is correct. Oh, you want to try again? There are only like ten more provinces to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> Our listeners in Canada are, are banging. They're on like, their, come on, right come now. on! No. I know exactly the answer. It's Alberta? No, no. I'm I'm out. It's I'm fresh Quebec. out. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. Oh. It's actually pretty big up there. Um. Anyways, what is the largest province by population? BC. No, wait. Do you have a guess? I don't. I already... You already blew your guess. Yep, exactly. And it wasn't correct. So maybe you should try. I'm going with Quebec again. Very close. Look look to the west. Do you know which province that is? (laughs) No. Well, so... I'm like that American. Because Toronto is like a really huge city. Ontario is the biggest province by oh, population. Nice. I don't know. Have, have you guys driven through up there? It's no. really beautiful. I've Ontario not. is like perfect. I've been wanting to bike through for a while, but I've not had a chance to yet. You should do, you should do it in the fall, but fall comes earlier there because it's north, you know. So have you biked through? No, but I've driven. I, did, I wasn't wearing a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> so are, are you uh, are you from Canada or I am just spend not, no, a lot of I'm time? No, I'm not. In? Oh, okay. I just I just maybe I'm a I don't know how you would say that like a francophile, but for Canada. Okay. Anyways, I think Canada is pretty rad. Yeah. No, um, my my wife and I drove through Canada like many many years ago. We drove from Oregon to Maine and then back again. Oh, not great. not in quick succession, but was there a destination in mind? Or yeah, so we lived in Maine for the summer. 
which was pretty cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there and then back. So there, yeah, just a loop. We did the U.S. there and then Canada on the way back. Ah. Yeah. Along the way, where I mean, have you done any bike a? tours? <laughs> Have you done any bike tours? I like bicycling. Um, no, not really. Not long ones. Um, like weekend trips, but nothing nothing long and, and shower free. Because uh, I have to say, like, every time I'm I'm in a car going any distance, it's like, you know, I'm looking at the shoulder. Like, how bikeable like, would this yeah. be? Is it pretty? Yeah, like, when I was at the coast and I saw all these people riding, I'm like, I don't really want to ride my bike out here. I'd rather go, like, out in the boondocks. Just because of the weather, Oregon. or just no, because the because of the shoulder, and there's so uh, much traffic. Yep. There's a lot of a lot of traffic, and oh, a lot yeah. of people that don't know the area. Right. And I feel like people when they're driving and they don't know the area are really bad drivers. Where did you? Because they're like, look at that, and then they veer <laughs> off into the shoulder. Where did you yeah. visit on the coast, most? We were talking before the show here about how Eva has never seen a sunshine on the coast. <laughs> um, they sun- do exist. <laughs> I mean, maybe or, like a single a ray. ray or two, ray. But, you know, <laughs> not like a clouds. whole beautiful day. Uh, uh, Rockaway Beach, which is like really classy. I don't know if y'all know how classy Rockaway is. Um, and then like we went to Manzanita for dinner. And then Niakani Beach for a nice long walk in in the in the light rain, which I love. Mm-hmm. I kind of miss the rain, you know. Yeah, it's ninety five degrees here. We got lucky last night, though. There was a bit of a there sprinkle, was just a little bit. Ten minutes of of rain, and then it was like, nope, just kidding. It's still yeah. July. <laughs> <laughs> Fooled you. Yep. I guess we didn't have to water the garden garden that morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that evening, maybe you. Oh, yes. Yes. We were back on, back on the water brigade. Um, so in terms of, I mean, I guess we're uh, segueing back or forward or somewhat to the side here again. Um, I was sort of curious. So we had uh, briefly touched there on like the family style bicycles. Do you know, or, or I guess, how did you build those partnerships? Because before Metrofeats and before a lot of that became really popular here in town, um, they're doing it overseas and so was there sort of a process that clever had gone through to get those sort of back into the u.s or i like your i like your tangential segue thank you not to be confused with the vehicle that has anybody ever driven a segue by the way i have not no i have this weird desire to drive a segue even though they're the most ridiculous Mm -hmm. ridiculous Mm -hmm. vehicle around <clears throat> Anyways, that's my tangential segue. <laughs> uh, Bachfeet's importation subject. Um, that's a good question, I guess. We formed a relationship. So honestly, I wasn't there at the very beginning. Okay. But Bachfeet's were the product. Yep. Right? Dean was like putting them together in the basement. Okay. At Clever. Years ago, two, 2008, 2007, something like that. Um, and that was like, you couldn't get them. You couldn't get a cargo bike. And so they were bringing them in from Europe mm-hmm. through, uh, through work cycles, I believe, or through Azor. They, they tried to have this relationship from this, with this sketchy guy in Florida, and it didn't really work out <laughs> in all sorts of ways. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that was, that was what got the whole boat rolling, right? The the ball rolling um and those are some durable bikes they and we see them on the third fourth owner now and they're still going and maybe you've seen the old town pizza guys I, okay. so they we, ride the 
crap out oh, of those things and i'm just like oh my god that's still rolling i and can actually attest to that because our shop is the one that fixes it when they break them <laughs> <laughs> they try their best good, um, job. good job thank you yeah by the way because you know you they're, they're at a they're at this point where it's like everything needs to be replaced yeah, mm. yeah for sure and i mean like old town pizza to their credit like in terms of if you're talking about a bicycle um uh, focused business in terms of a delivery method, like they get it. They're like, yeah. I mean, back, I think it was the model that we repair from them is from t- 2007, 2008, yeah. maybe. Yeah. So Ooh, they were original. Oh, they were. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, they come in and we like wrestle them up onto our repair stand. And to their credit, they don't, they don't break the things that uh, I, I guess don't break, but every now and then the uh, delivery person comes in and is like, hey, yeah doing a little funky thing again so we're like yeah. all right bring it on over yeah. um but they give us pizza from time to time so i think it works out <laughs> nice they have brewing now too oh, yeah. you should have them branch out from we, from the pizza yeah absolutely in fact okay. um on last episode we had the i believe it was shanghai ipa uh from oh. old time brewing here on the show so perfect nice. i don't think i've ever had their beer Although maybe I have, because I do remember going to their North Portland location and yep. fixing something for them. And they're for sure, yeah, they've got their two locations: Old Town uh, Pizzas or the one downtown, and Old Town mm-hmm. Brewing's, the one up in North Portland. So. Yeah, 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 nice folks exactly. over there, for sure. It's so, like it's like they sponsored us or something, <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't. Next time, they didn't. I know. Yeah. <clears throat> so, what have you learned since being an owner? Like, what lessons have you learned, and what? Oh, uh, what less? Uh, okay. I'm going to get myself into trouble and say everyone's faking it. You know, owning a business is kind of like you, you are just kind of making it work and figuring it out as you go to a certain degree. I mean, definitely like we have things together pretty well, but owning a business is not like, oh yeah, plug and play. It's not like owning a franchise (laughs) and I don't even know what owning a franchise is like, but I, I figure it's like you have one supplier and you have advertising from the parent company and you're just, you just sort of like keep it running. We're not really like that. And I feel like business is this constant, it's constantly changing, right? And you're trying to stay ahead of the curve and, and trying to figure out how that works and like, Oh, Hey, I have all this extra stock. What are we going to do? And we've got all these bills due. Oh crap. You know, like, do we have a sale? REI is like, Whoa, we have a sale every six months on the dot because Mm -hmm. they've got, They've got an oiled machine with who knows how many people working for them, right? We're not we're well, not have to that point. They have a cushion. <laughs> I don't know what kind of cushion. The, it's like they have an endowment or they something. Have, they <laughs> must have a good cushion because they do have a no chase policy. So what does that mean? Oh, um, I uh, oh like like if, if yeah exactly. So I'm like well, if, that's rational. I guess I I'm like speaking from old town. If and we have had it happen before. Like Evan will like run out the door and be like, "Yeah, would actually like our three pumps back that you put in your jacket." Oh, and so I mean, I guess on the small business perspective of things, yeah. if you can have a no chase policy, you've got it made. <laughs> well, I, I, it might be more of a liability thing. Than oh a, yeah, than a money I guess, thing. I guess I, I would. That. Mm-hmm. I would imagine you so, don't really want your employees getting shot or, or like <laughs> beaten up if mm-hmm. if they go run after somebody. Yeah, I, um, that's a good point. <laughs> I yeah, I don't. I don't encourage my staff to like go run after thieves, but just give them a good stare down and make them not steal anything in the first yep. place. Kill them with kindness. Um, so how do you make those? Dis- I mean, sorry, not sure. to not to not to take us away from the going desk, back to but- what I was asking. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you make those decisions? Do you you know 
do the owners get together and decide like are we having a sale yeah i mean we we try to meet uh we have a meeting every thursday mm-hmm. morning and we talk about things what kinds of things do you talk about? Sometimes we talk about what we drank the night before. Sometimes we talk about business. We talk about whatever problems are happening. You know, we try to solve these problems whenever possible. Um, but yeah, we, we talk about, you know, Dean Dean is sort of the guru of marketing and telling telling the people through email or through Facebook or whatever, like what's what's new and exciting. Todd's really good at writing blog posts about like mm. uh here here are the new products that are more awesome than you could ever imagine check them out we have them now um so that's a certain amount of like trying to draw buzz around business but then there's also yeah like what are we doing do we need to post mm. more on instagram do we need to like get onto pinterest because we were doing that for a while and nobody really wanted to do it and so now maybe we should get back on that huh. we talk about things like that i mean like fairly mundane but important things and honestly sales are kind of like well let's come up with a good idea and then make it happen Mm -hmm. um sometimes people bite and sometimes we get nothing and we're like well that didn't work in terms try again in terms of the i guess not like uh necessarily strictly fake it till you make it i so if you've not visited clever cycles website it is absolutely gorgeous um there's a really sensible order and layout to the things and do you folks do a lot of online sales as well because i know you have the wheel building service and for Mm -hmm. a lot of shops in town there's i mean there's a lot of places you can go to have a wheel built there's few places you can go to have a wheel built really really well and i feel like clever cycles is definitely one of them do you see that uptick there for the website um uh, well, we we do sell some stuff online. It's sort of an odd hodgepodge of items that we sell online. It's like things you can't get anywhere else, or for some reason or another, we have the best price, or we have it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm a very particular person, so I say things like, "We don't have it together," but yeah, I mean, like our website looks pretty good, and we mm-hmm. work at it, and we keep mm-hmm. it up. Um, but I always think things can be better. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, it's good not to sit on your laurels and, mm-hmm. and let things be. So the website definitely is helpful, maybe more for local customers to look and see, mm-hmm. hey, what is your product mm-hmm. assortment? What does that look like? I mean, I will tell you, we have 7,000 products in our system, and not even one-tenth of those are on the website, I think. Oh, yeah. So um, there are plenty of things that you don't see there. Wow. Yep that I can get or we can get um, we have gosh I don't know how many suppliers we have but a lot Mm -hmm. Clever Cycles is also kind of that place where if if you're trying to track something down in town do you do you (laughs) so like I know we we call you like every then and there Uh, so we had like a molten in from Britain that had this very specific wheel standard Um, Mm -hmm. and the other neat thing if and we had the tire exactly yeah it's it's so cool I appreciate it highly Um, so you know I mean there's a couple places in town they're like oh yeah these folks have that but clever is also one of these sort of enigmas of places where if you need that one really weird part they can usually find it which is a very nice thing to have uh, especially when you're a smaller shop or a shop that's more focused on different things to have that resource so yeah Mm -hmm. I think going back to your camaraderie comment we definitely bike shops call each other and say hey do you have this in stock and either somebody runs over there and grabs it or they send the customer over there 
to nice. buy it. Um, you know, definitely River City is really awesome with us. If if mm. we ever need a part for a repair and they have it in stock, mm. they give us a really good price. And um, I love that about them. And they send us business when they don't want to. They don't have a cargo bike or mm-hmm. or or a kid seat or something of that nature. And we send people there when they want a flat bar carbon road bike. And we're like, no, <laughs> 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 yep. uh, what's that? Hmm. We don't have a scale in the shop, which is the other funny thing about clever is people are always asking how much it weighs. And I just kind of like laugh. more than you'd think. Pick, I just, pick I, it up. <laughs> how many gallons of water can you carry? <laughs> is there Five? is there an uptick for the disaster relief trials each year or <laughs> something like that? No. Yeah. I want the heaviest bicycle you have. I'm doing the DRT. <laughs> I don't know. How how is that happening this year? I hear Mike Cobb's kind of spearheading that project. Yeah, it was uh well, it's coming together. It was on our announcements for last week and it's in I, October. Yeah, that is all I know at this point. <laughs> I've, I've known about the, the last details are couple fo- of years. Foggy. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, we're in July. We've got a couple of months to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, 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 based on the previous years, I'd say it's probably coming together mm-hmm. fantastically. Um, it's always been a good event. Yeah. Um, and, and for the cargo bike side of things, I'd always wondered, yeah, if there's people who, for some reason, they've done every other century or criterion or whatnot, and they're like, you know what? I think I need to put the DRT in my belt. I'm just going to head over That's to Clever Cycles I- or something. I haven't run into that person yet. Okay. They're probably out there, and if they're listening, <laughs> come on down. I will hook you up. We're going to get you a brand new Extra Cycle Edge Runner 30D. It's, like, really beautiful, 30 gears, hydraulic disc brakes. It's, like, perfect for the project. And I think they list their weights on their website. Oh, nice. Nice. So I don't have to guess. <laughs> so speaking of cargo bikes on your blog, mm-hmm. the do's. So maybe you want one. I'll admit to some covetousness. Yeah. So <laughs> Can you explain like what it's well founded? Please describe its awesomeness because I can't I can't I, I I'm still trying to put my mind around just how that works. <laughs> uh it's kind of like the bullet but rides like butter. Ooh. Not to say the bullet isn't a great product, but I think the dues is better. And doesn't it fold it doesn't fold but it comes apart uh-huh. so that it's it's um it's two pieces sort of like a rear end and a front end and um connected in the middle basically with two through axles like off of a really fancy mountain bike um <clears throat> so if you need to put it in your car or if we need to pack it up and ship to you in florida this makes it a little more convenient um and really, it just rides well. I mean, honestly, like cargo bikes, sure, blah, 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 components, blah, blah, blah. But like, how does it ride? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people never get the chance to go to a place where they can try more than one, if any, mm-hmm. cargo bikes. Right. Portland is this odd mecca where we have a few cargo bike shops and you can try six different varietals of cargo bikes. Right. That doesn't happen elsewhere i don't is it, think is it also electric assist similar to the some of the bullet systems you can you can you can outfit it we okay. have a, uh, a couple outfitted with bionic system mm-hmm. which is pretty rad um we're talking about doing a mid-drive system in the future so like a bosch center drive or not necessarily that okay. because that requires 
changes to the frame. Yep. I yep. don't actually understand the words that are coming. Oh. These are hap- right things now. are happening. <laughs> things are. <laughs> so the Bosch mid drive is a German thing, which is pretty incredible. Extra Cycle is using it on their new electric bikes, and they have to reshape the frame because essentially where the cranks go into the frame, the bottom bracket right. isn't actually a bottom bracket. It's it's a whole motor assembly, um, and so they need to fit that. It's kind of like your transmission in your car, right? You put it up on the jack and stick that transmission in there mm-hmm. and so the frame has to be specially designed to work with this sure. so it's not an add-on product mm-hmm. um so it's not necessarily available with the dues uh but there are other systems that work with your existing bottom bracket and just clamp on there and then you have a battery somewhere and it works like magic and it's feels more normal because you're just pedaling like a regular bicycle um i don't know if you've ever ridden an electric bike but no, they all feel a little different. You know, yeah. you just think, oh, it's like a car, but all cars drive a little bit differently, yep. right? Mm-hmm. There's front wheel drive, there's rear wheel drive, there's four wheel drive, there's all wheel drive. I don't even know. Somebody will, somebody will tell me about that later. <laughs> I have a brother-in-law who's a mechanic. He will, he will tell me. He <laughs> <laughs> um, listened to this and he was like, you know what you should have said. You know, <laughs> I know about all-wheel drive. <laughs> <laughs> but the mid-drive is cool because it pushes your pedals like you, right? Instead of pushing your wheel, which can feel different, yep. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so Stoke Muggy is something we saw that's a mid-drive but it's like super duper powerful and ridiculous and awesome. Um, but doesn't necessarily fit on everything. For the e-conversions or the upgrades that you do, what percentage do you find of folks that are, are going for that? Because, I mean, Portland's relatively flat. We've seen, uh, at least for our shop, a lot of people, if you're in Seattle or San Francisco, you're like, yeah, total sense. That mm-hmm. makes a lot of it. Uh, but there are only several hilly areas in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is that mainly, mainly the person you were mentioning earlier that is concerned with the hills that's going to go for that? Or is it a decent percentage of the things that you put out of the shop? It depends on the person, really. I think there's been a lot of uptick in interest, at least for electric bikes, for cargo bikes, mm-hmm. and for regular bikes. Definitely more and more people are coming in just looking for regular electric bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, with cargo bikes, honestly, if you're carrying a lot of stuff... Even flat ground can be daunting. Yep. You've got three kids and stuff. Electric is pretty rad. It yep. will make you want to ride your bike more. Um, so we encourage people to try it, and whether or not their budget allows usually determines whether or not they want to go with that. You know, is it a car replacement? Is it more like I want to get fit and ride the kids to school every so often? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it depends on the, the audience that you're working with. So. Mm. I don't know if I can give you a percentage, mm-hmm. but I would say a lot of people are interested in it okay. for sure. And it's also something you can add on after the fact. Like if your budget doesn't allow this year, you buy the bike this year, mm-hmm. you buy the electric assist next year. Mm-hmm. And then your life is just a song. Nice. That. <laughs> Do most people approach it from that economic standpoint? Like the, the deciding factor. I mean, like oftentimes it does just come down to like, can I afford it? Can I not? Uh, sure. Yes or no. But um, in terms of people being interested in that, do you find that the the crucial decision is mostly finances or is it more like they want to have something as a car replacement or something like that? It depends on the person. Okay. Definitely you put, you put them on a bike that costs $1,500 and a bike that costs $2,000 mm-hmm. and they feel mostly the same. They're going to buy the $1,500 bike. Yeah. 
Um, some people have have more money and, and they're able to just say, I like the looks of this and it costs $400 more and I liked it a little bit better. I'm going to buy that. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that finances are often an issue, yep. although then on the other hand, you try something and you love it. Usually you find a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't I feel that way with myself. Mm-hmm. If I try something really nice, I'm just like, oh, I'm going to save up for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I was, uh, something I tell folks a lot is like, it doesn't matter because like, people often come into our shop looking for like a bicycle, you know, and what I tell them is like, if it's a $50 bike and you like riding it, great. If it's a $1,500 bike and you like riding it better than anything else you've tried, great. Like you're going to ride the bike that you feel comfortable riding. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of getting on it, that's a sensible investment at almost any price tier. Yeah. It's just my helmet feels good to ride. Yeah, exactly. Uh (laughs) My, I have a small story and then I have a question. My small story related, uh, I had a friend who was an over the road trucker for about a decade and then he had an unfortunate incident with a snowplow. (laughs) And so that ended. Yeah, I know it was a bummer. He's fine. Um, but (laughs) you know, spoiler alert, he's great. But so we went, uh, afterwards he was like, well, I'm, I'm in Portland now. I'd like to get a bicycle. So we went to a community cycling center because I was like, we will find you the bicycle. And Joey French, who at that point was working um, at a bike shop, happened to be like coming in at the same time that we did. It's like, great, because I know nothing about mechanics. Please help. And we found it was like this beautiful specialized crossroads because and uh, like hybrid and he tooled it around and he was like great and he was like it was like like a hundred dollars more than he was planning to go and i was like look i will i will get you the the lights and the lock and the helmet like this is your bicycle it's 4.95 but it is like it is your bicycle and and we went to uh we went down the street to random order coffee house for some celebratory pie afterwards yeah and he was like well you know it was it was more money than I was planning to spend. I did spend a hundred thousand dollars on gas last year. <laughs> That's incredible. It's all perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. My question related to financing: Clever Cycles has a financing program. Do you know? Why? Not? Yes. How interesting! Did you, guys you should ask that. And and how has it been going? Uh, yeah. So we offer financing if you spend over. I'm going to try to get this right. Over $1,500, you get six months free financing. And over $3,000, you get 12 months free financing. Um, and we're just we're just working with a, a company that's doing this. We pay larger finance charges on the Is purchase. It it's sort of like a bank. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's called Synchrony. I, don't, I honestly don't really know. They're sort of like a, they're a credit card company, mm-hmm. basically. Um, so we figured... Hey, we're selling bikes that cost four and six thousand dollars. Like maybe this would be a good way to help people get into that, right? They do it with cars. Seventy two months free financing. I don't I don't even know. Um <laughs> I figure, you know, if you spread it out over twelve months, sometimes it feels a little more digestible. Yeah. And we've definitely had a few people bite on that. Cargo bikes for sure, a couple of people buying Bromptons. Um, which can hit close to $2,000. And, uh, you know, if you pay it off within that time period, you don't, it's it's not like there are any catches. It's just make sure you pay it off before the end of the 
the six or the 12 months because otherwise they they come with their 30 percent mm-hmm. interest rate and they so say that's, oh yeah. you owe all this money and, and you're that's like, up to nah. the card company not necessarily clever cycles yeah it's not us okay. i mean we we tell you hey pay your bills yeah. pay this off mm-hmm. and you'll be great we'll all be happy nice. um you know i don't want i don't want to get people into like financial difficulties right. because they can't afford a bicycle like mm-hmm. we don't want we don't want you buying a bike you can't afford mm-hmm. right how has that process been for the people who have taken advantage of it? Uh, we had somebody recently who took advantage of it, and now they're buying another bike. They paid it off. They're buying another bike. So some people, that's how they work. That's how their brain works. Some people save up in advance. Some people would rather have it now and pay over time. I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of the American way, right? Mm-hmm. So More utility um, or, or less. Depends on how you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I just carry around a wad of 100s in my pocket at all times. My pockets aren't very big. (laughs) What bikes are in your garage? Oh, uh, I don't have a garage. Well, you're But I have a a basement. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, we had to buy a house because I had too many bicycles in in our (laughs) apartment, right? Maybe we all have this problem. Maybe not. Maybe you guys are very, like... Leave these these little little lives with one bicycle, and it's a wonderful bicycle, right? Good yep. for you. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm only at one bike because I told myself the next bike I buy is going to be a freaking good one. So yeah. that's mm-hmm. a good way to discourage those impulse purchases. <laughs> yeah. I finally gave myself a really nice bicycle. It's a Selma Mixty oh, with nice. a full Ultegra drivetrain. Durace down tube shifters. I mean, it's like blingy. Like I don't buy myself nice things, <laughs> and this thing's rad. It's like comfortable and fast. <laughs> I love passing people wearing a dress and just being like, <laughs> 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 I have down tube shifters, and you have STI levers and spandex, and <laughs> it's like see. <laughs> but does it have a name? No. Do you name your bicycles? No, I don't. Maybe I should. I don't know. I mean, it seems to be working out well for you. So you got it. <laughs> I think it's a woman, but I'm not. I'm not sure of her name. Mm-hmm. I'll think about Maybe that. She'll tell you in time. Maud. <laughs> <laughs> Something old timey and kind of. Uh, I don't know. I, I have chickens, and their names are all kind of Carla and Maxine, and mm-hmm. um, well, George Elliot, and oh, nice. <gasps> yeah, my bike's name is George. Oh, George. George Sam. Play bien ça. I also I have a few other bicycles. I'm gonna try to think of all of them. I have a Bridgestone MV2. Nice. It's it's nice. It's a little. It can get a little noodly when you weigh it down. Mm-hmm. But um, that every uh, anybody listening is gonna be really jealous because my friend Jonathan just left it for me on my back porch one day. Oh. Wow. He I said, mean, "Did he mean to?" Yes. <laughs> he's a wonder. He's a wonderful guy. He's uh, his son. This was his son's bike when his son was like fourteen or something. John, Jonathan's in his sixties, hmm. um, and his son grew out of it. And Jonathan's had this bike for years and years. And he's like, "What am I going to do with this?" It's like he's six three and I'm five seven. He's like, "This is useless to me." Here, have this. So I fix it up. It's pretty fun. But I'm riding the mixed a lot. Mod. I'm gonna call her Mod. You heard it here first. <laughs> Breaking news. Yeah. Um, I have a seventy Schwinn Suburban that I bought in Walla Walla for ten dollars. Nice. That I love. 
and I keep threatening to get rid of it, and I keep not getting. Is it rid like of it. the bike that the it lives in the yard? Visit town. Honestly, my friends don't ever come to visit me. Friends come visit me. I'm from New York, and people people I don't know mm-hmm. people don't visit me. Huh. I'm so sad now. There's an Amtrak. <laughs> And it only takes nine days. I know. It only, <laughs> only nine days. It only days. takes three. Oh, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> really across the country? Yeah. But flying is fairly cheap. And Meh. Yeah, okay. Not nearly as interesting. But it's really fun when you fly into the city. That's true. Yeah. That's like my favorite part. Mm-hmm. When you come in over Mount Hood, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, look, no snow. <laughs> <laughs> that glacier. The glacier why, a little why bigger is there back no in water in that lake? <laughs> mm, other bicycles I have a kind of a touring bike that doesn't have any wheels currently and then I have a carbon road bike that I've tried it's to sell like a tour of the imagination that <laughs> I've tried to sell a few times hmm. and people don't want it anybody out there want a 54 centimeter Cannondale uh, like 105 components I will take offers nice it's very nice well tuned by a professional bike mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> did you, um, so for the REI portion of it, did you mm-hmm. go through Barnett or did you just? I'm self-taught. Nice. Autodidactic. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, I, I guess I just learned by doing and asking a lot of questions and reading mm-hmm. books whenever possible on the mm-hmm. internet and just sort of like immersing myself mm-hmm. in things and pretending that I knew what I was doing until I knew what I was doing. Nice. Sheldon and Brown I, was kind of like in the back pocket there for a couple of years. Sheldon has some interesting tidbits for <laughs> sure. He's not always the most useful. Yep. <laughs> Just, uh, more, more useful at clever cycles than anywhere else. Yeah. I think okay. for, uh, what, what is this obscure tire size mm-hmm. that's only available mm-hmm. on a Molten? I, I think <laughs> I yeah. felt so bad, so I called them, actually, because um, oh. I was like, well, they're still a distributor for Molten, mm-hmm. and I just felt so horrible because uh, the gal on the phone said, well, if Sheldon was here, he would have known, and I'm just oh. like, I'm so sorry. Oh. I'm so like, sorry I'll ask, I will hang up. Funny. I will ask a different question. Oh. I apologize. Oh, I, will, I will call Clever Cycles now. <laughs> I have a funny story about Harris Cyclery, um, which is the, the shop where Sheldon used to work when he was alive. He was like the web guy, and I guess he just hung out in the basement and did web stuff. And uh, I have a friend, Elton, who works there, who's like the Brompton guy and and, um, guru, and you should ask him how many bikes he has, because I'm sure the number is over 10, and they're all like really beautiful. Mm. Anyways, Elton, I, I went for a bike ride with, uh, with my wife and Elton and his wife, Deborah, and we were coming back into town after a bike ride. We were driving because you drive to go bike riding in, outside of Boston. Um, and everyone had to pee. And we were going by Harris and Elton's <laughs> like, nope, nope, we're not stopping there to pee. And hmm. I'm like, what? Why not? He's like, I don't think the bathroom's been clean since before Sheldon died. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> you're like well I was like okay awkward. I'm gonna hold it because <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's man. been some years yeah I guess it, so maybe it's just a point of reference like there's you know there's Jesus and then there's Sheldon right and there's, right. there's a- Poe's a- 80 and yeah. <laughs> AS uh. AS and BS I like these 
acronyms that happen. <laughs> I used to say like for because I lived in New York City for um, for a couple of years, but I lived there what I call like BSK before Sadiq Khan, you know, mm. <laughs> like and going there what ten years plus after Sadiq Khan mm. ASK was like it's a whole new world. Mm. Things change. Mm-hmm. Yep. Did you and so you had grown up in was it upstate New York? Was there a lot of love for cycling that was sort of cultured at that age, or did you come into bicycling a little bit later in life? I was born riding a, a bicycle. On a bicycle, nice. Yeah, yeah. No, I started riding, I don't know how old I was, but I definitely, bicycles were my freedom. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure plenty of nice. plenty of small children felt that way. Mm-hmm. At least people that didn't grow up in scary cities where their parents were like, stranger danger and no, no riding out mm-hmm. there and whatever. But I was given free reign, and all summer, basically, I was on a bicycle. And I feel like I rode my bike barefoot a lot, which now I think about and I'm like, that's really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys ride your bikes barefoot when oh, you yeah. were little? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And do you think about it now? Like, Well, now I wear flip-flops. So sure. I've only slightly, <laughs> I've only slightly up, upgraded. There's the like chain. a layer. A I wear flip-flops. <laughs> yeah. There's a layer in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a bike called Tropical Moves. <laughs> and it was amazing. It was purple with white splatter paint. It was a single speed, nice. coaster brake, and it came with an orange fanny pack on the handlebars. It was like fanny pack handlebar bag. That thing probably had like 20,000 miles on it by oh, the wow. time I was done with it. Like I wore three tires and... Nice. Was it a... It was pedal back brake or... Mm-hmm. Nice. Classy. Nice. I think it was a Murray. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. It was some... Kmart, Caldor's, James Way. I don't, I don't know where it came from, but mm-hmm. definitely not a bike shop. <laughs> but it worked. You showed up on the porch one day, and you're like, "I'm going to ride this." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that thing was rad. Nice. Do you remember a bike that you have fond memories for? Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you? <laughs> yeah, I when I so I grew up in Eastern Oregon, which is a pretty rural part of the state as well. Are um, you going to tell me where? Yeah, uh, if you like. Uh, <laughs> so I was born in Enterprise, Oregon, uh-huh. um, oh, nice. and grew up in a little bit of Joseph, a little bit of Lostine, a bit of Enterprise, um, before spending roughly half my life on the west side of the state, as we call it. Um, but I had this mongoose, was, which was just fantastic, and it was a pedal back, and on the rural rural roads of eastern Oregon was where I um, basically spent most of my time riding up and down the street and around and everywhere else, so... Um, that was a good bike to me. Uh, I treated it pretty well until I accidentally hit it under my friend's mother's van because I wasn't supposed to be at his house. Little did I know, sometimes people hop in vans without checking behind the rear wheel. Um, and that bike was gone, but uh, it was shortly replaced by another pretty fun bike. So I uh, definitely grew up riding as well. Poor mongoose. I know. Yeah. They get was, a bad rap, those mongooses. B- BM? Oh, I, I don't even remember. <laughs> That's an unfortunate acronym, actually. AM. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the AM period there you go. now. Yep. Mm-hmm. I married my bicycle in 2005. It's a Schwinn Prelude. <laughs> my dad walked me down the what aisle. What was the occasion? Was I just it was it was the Multnomah County Bike Fair. Okay. And so they had a marry your bike booth, and I was like, well, if you're going to marry your bike. You should marry your bike. Like, there should be invitations, and, like, you wear a dress, and you have a veil, and, yeah, my dad walked me down the aisle, and we had, you know. This is impressive. I need to 
There's learn more about this. Are there, is there <laughs> photographic evidence? Of oh this? yeah, Jonathan Mouse actually. That's how I mm. met him. He took okay. he took pictures. Oh we had great. A reception afterwards. Yeah, that was good times. <laughs> is that a yearly event or is that just sort of a one time thing? It was for a number of years, and I don't know if anyone for the MCBF if they still do. I feel like do you have to divorce is. your bicycle to marry another one? Well, they well so <laughs> or polyamorous relationships. There was cool. uh, it, we These called George my mistress when when I got <laughs> when I got George. Uh, uh, <laughs> My friend Matt created kind of a faux tabloid picture of like with a picture of the first time that I had taken George for a test run. And uh, yeah, and so it was like, you know, activists seen on new bicycle, like will her marriage survive? <laughs> I feel like that should be either a after Palooza or possibly even a, a pedal Palooza for next year. What the the reunite open relationship of, of bicycles or <laughs> so progressive this poor oh, no, yes. the open marriage ride for sure <laughs> exactly <laughs> tell me about George oh George is a long haul trucker oh. I've taken her to Glacier National Park and mm-hmm. we've probably seen about forty thousand miles together so far so nice it's a good relationship it is it's a solid relationship and you know Sparky is still. Sparky. Okay, this there is are a lot of facial expressions happening. I know right there now are a lot of fans, that, mostly that guilt because I, um, um, Sparky's, uh, uh, the 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 welds separated from the seat stay after bike move fifty eight because I uh, I went beyond the six hundred pound limit. <laughs> so I I just feel like this is a testament to my br- bad relationship with sometimes with relationships. We don't need to go too far into it because then this becomes a therapy okay. session. But yeah, uh, so things are getting I'm upsetting like, over here. I look at Sparky and I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. What color is George? Uh, George is blue. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Yeah. yeah. That's a good. <laughs> These are important things. <laughs> yeah. I don't want her to bring things back away from mm-hmm. t- turbulent times sparky it's like but enough about sparky let's talk about george yeah (laughs) let's talk about your current love affair (laughs) the bike that i'm going home with Mm. yeah so you mentioned glacier is that like your favorite bike tour trip that you've gone on oh that's a good it's the longest okay yeah if you were have you considered a, a bike tour as one in your future? My brother and I talked for years about riding across the U.S. And then he went and got married and had three children. And I'm like, okay. Maybe so he gonna wants be like, to get away. It's going to be like 20 years <laughs> before oh, yeah. we can go on a bike ride together. Hmm. <laughs> well, maybe if they go to Clever, they could get the means to... Maybe. Oh, my God. I don't think his wife is really into that. Hmm. Long long haul, at least. Sure. So in, yeah. in terms of the short haul, um, yeah. <laughs> is Clever still doing the bike hot tub? Uh, only under the radar. Oh, okay. Not we're we're no longer renting it. Oh, okay. In insurance apparently for hot water with an open flame. So. <laughs> <laughs> or, there, or for our listeners, what, some, what what was what is okay what will be bike bike bike. Let me tell you about the bike hot tub. Dutch Tub is a product from Holland that we imported uh, a couple years back. We we brought in two hot tubs with a container of bikes from Holland, right? One was blue, one was green, and the idea was we would rent these items by bicycle, no less. So Mike Cobb spent several months crafting a trailer 
for us. It's basically like a chariot, right? You imagine some some Roman movie with a with a handsome blonde fellow riding on the back, but instead it's a hot tub. And we would tow around this hot tub, bring it to your house. You make a fire in this little metal basket, and you fill the hot tub with water. And the water gets hot slowly but surely. And then you all jump in and you have some whiskey and it's a wonderful evening. So it turns out it's really a lot of work to do all of this, Mm -hmm. to deliver a bicycle, uh, deliver a hot tub by bicycle. And it takes about five hours to get the water hot. And, um, you know, you got to pay somebody to deliver it and pick it up and all of this and Mm. and insurance, Mm -hmm. right? This is America, litigious society where you have to have insurance to do something like this. So it's 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 run is over. So I'm sorry if you wanted the hot tub, but you should have jumped on the opportunity while you while you (laughs) could. It's your own fault. Um, So if anybody would like to buy, yeah, I was going to say the hot tub. (laughs) Here we we have one for sale. So just just email us info at clevercycles.com and and we can talk. Because we still have one left. <laughs> it's blue. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm actually not sure. I'm going to be 75% sure that it's blue. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fun, though. I mean, you know, you have a bunch of friends over mm-hmm. and crack a couple bottles of beer and you fire up the hot tub. So, I don't know. Did you ever get to experience the hot tub? I hadn't. I had oh. seen it as a prize for Filmed by Bike okay. a couple of years ago. So, okay. I was... Just curious to check sure. up on that. Sure. I saw the like pictures of Mike Cobb taking it up the banks oh, yeah. of Nonia Trail. Oh gosh, <laughs> that seems like it might be outside the delivery zone. Yeah. He looked pretty. Happy. I don't oh, like. Yeah. I don't like to know what Mike Cobb does with things. <laughs> it, it went up there. If something happen. has weight limitations, he's tested them. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that uh, might lead us slowly and unsuredly, but nevertheless, uh, to our closing for today. Uh, Thank you so much for being on the podcast this evening. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Is there anything you'd like to um, share with our listeners as sort of any last words of wisdom or or such? Goodbye. Excellent. (laughs) And where can we find you if we want to uh, look up? Uh, Several days a week. I'm at 9th and Hawthorne at Clever Cycles. And if I'm not there, my colleagues are there. Nina and Anna will get really excited about your flag helmet. Inquiries or any other such inquiries were available by telephone 503-334-1560 or email info at clevercycles.com because who uses a telephone? Um, yeah, we'll see you there. Fantastic. Great. And I'd encourage all of our listeners to check it out. Really fantastic website again. Thank you so much for being on the show this evening, Eva. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Are we ready for the outro here? Yes. Let's do it. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text 503-847-9774. Twitter at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Hurt Bird for our headline sounder. And I'll start our thing over again here. <laughs> uh, Marcus Dorman for graphic design. And thanks to our sustaining donors. Logan Smith, Johnny K, Shadowfoot. Katrina Melingard, Wayne Norman, Doug Robertson. Ethan Georgie, Justin Martin, Eric Iverson. Cameron Lien, Re- uh, Richard Wasensky, Tim Mooney. Orange and Purple, Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly. Jim Gooden. 
Eric Weiss, Doug Cohen-Miller. Todd Parker, Scott McAllister, Morgan, Chris Gonzalez. Dan Gebhardt, Zoe Campagna, John Blood. Allison Wiley, Andy Brunner, David Knows. Lars V. Chris Smith, Christy Kaster. Caleb Jenkinson, KPQ... Or excuse me, JP Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt. Patrick Archain, Gabriel Trainer, Sebastian Poole. Marco Low Rich, uh, excuse, Marco Low Rich Otterstrom, Andrew Alderson. Drew the Welder. <laughs> Who are you, Drew the Welder? You're awesome. <laughs> Anna Krista Skukas. John Wasserman and Andre or Andre Johnson. Thank you all so much for listening. It's been a pleasure. And next week we will resume with the Sparket Podcast. <laughs>